0: Dudes, dudettes, world, what is going on? You're listening to the newest episode of Pub Sports Talk. I'm your co-host, Parker Hackey. Alongside me, Devin Slate, Tim Farner, and Evan Fitzsimmons. Guys, we got a chock-full episode for you. We're going to talk about uh, baseball coming back, and they've set the dates, and it's official. Everybody's on board. Uh, We're going to talk about NBA players potentially sitting out of this playoffs, the COVID championship. We're going to talk about NASCAR and Bubba Wallace. We're going to talk about our greatest sports moments, our all-time favorite wide receivers, all-time favorite wrestlers. We got a chock full show, and that's thanks to you guys. So keep those listener questions coming, and let's get to this action. Let's start with baseball. So MLB and the Baseball Players uh, Association has agreed to terms that baseball is officially back. Everybody's going to report to camp by July 1st, and opening day is either July 23rd or 24th. That hasn't been completely ironed out out yet. Um, they will have a sixty-game season ending September 27th. So that's almost that's a little bit more than two months. It's two months in a couple of days um, of a season, and you know there's 30 days per month. You're looking at back to back to back to back to back to back to back games um, or doubleheaders. Take a break. Doubleheaders. Take a break. Um, so I'll be curious how that schedule goes for them. They have a 10-team playoff, so that's normal. They're keeping that, uh, but here's the catch. Out of those 60 games, 40 of those times, you're going against a division opponent. So you have four of the teams in your division. You'll play them each uh, 10 times. And then you get 20 games from your other geographical regions. Um, you still get, as a player, you still get your full prorated salary. So that's what their big holdup was. That's why this are a job sooner. Uh, but they're getting paid. They're getting their money. A trade deadline. A trade deadline is August 21st. Uh, which I didn't think about them actually doing trades because it's only a two-month season, Um, but that can't affect teams. And then the roster cuts, they'll start with 30 30 members on their team, then 28, then 26 after two-week periods. Um, However, um, they do allow 60 players on their taxi squad, which is kind of like the minor leagues, they can call somebody up. Someone catches the Rona, they're on the bench, they're on the injured reserve list. They pull up some of their minor league guys at taxi squad. And they have some new rules they're going to try out, and one of which is no spitting to stop the spread of Rona. Uh, Devin, you got a serious face on. Give us your thoughts, man.
1: I'm just really pissed off about not being able to spit on the field. That was my favorite part of baseball. Like, put a a good chew and, you know, just (laughs) talk loogies on the field, talk, talk some junk to the guy that just got on first base. (laughs) Crying <laughs> about and just getting hit by a pitch. You know, spitting on the field is just a – it's a baseball thing. Uh it's part of the game. It. Yeah, I get it, though. I get it. I'll let it slide. Uh, but, yeah, that, Susie games and that short of a, a span, uh, I feel like it sounds like a lot, but those baseball players are already playing, like, crazy schedules. They're playing, like, four or five games a week, double doubleheaders. Um, I think they're kind of, like – Especially at that level, they're already like in the in the thick of it, so to speak, of you know I'm here to do my job, it's kind of grindy. the goal is uh you know October and World Series and all that jazz, so I think they'll be fine i think I think it's the biggest issue that I see is just getting those guys up to speed if they've you know kind of slacked off. We'll see.
0: Yeah, for real. It's not like, you know, you're an NBA player, an NFL player. You have this equipment in your backyard. You don't have a baseball field in your backyard, you know? Um, So it's going to be interesting to see how well they're in shape, but I guess that's why it's such a long training camp.
2: Yeah. Let me preface with, um, I don't have zero baseball experience, but how does it, I know people, you, it's pretty common in baseball to have double headers and just play back to back. But with the schedule like that, um, like, how much – how much recovery do you really need between games or even between double headers, before it really becomes an issue of injuries? I know they're trying to cram 60 games into a small spot, but um, I, I just can't relate. Do you, have, do you guys have any idea of, like – I know, Deb, you played in high school.
1: I, th- I think the biggest issue may come from – like, I feel like your position players, like, basically anybody that's not, like, a pitcher and a catcher is going to be – Probably fine. They're kind of used to it. I mean, baseball gets kind of clowned a lot for you know not a crazy amount of action. Uh, I think the biggest the biggest thing that they'll have to to address is uh, like pitchers. Like pitchers' arms are why they're they're making so much money, and that downtime that those pitchers you know need uh, may be cut. Or I think if they're gonna. The pitching coaches and the the GMs and all that are going to have to kind of figure out, like, a pitching number. Usually uh, pitchers in that level have, like, a pitch count that they get to. and Unless they're throwing, like, a perfect game, you know, you throw 100 pitches no matter how hot you are, you know, we're going to have to pull you. So I think that will be an issue. And then the catchers, obviously, those guys go through a whole hell of a lot with squatting down all the time and, you know, just kind of always being in the dirt. Uh, think, yeah, I think it's just going to be the pitchers
2: that you're going to really see uh, a worry with. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I'm wondering – or I, I guess I'm curious as to uh, if they keep track of the actual personnel, like the how many people they have to trade out. I know Parker mentioned they have like a 60-team roster for this. I want to know how many of them are have been allocated just for pitchers. Like if they're just cycling through those – Positions, like, I mean, if you have the people and you have the arms, I mean, I would. I, I, mean, I don't know anything about baseball, but if I had the the pitchers, I'll just say, all right, you pitch these games. Sit a little bit. We'll bring in this guy. You pitch. But that just might be my ignorance to the game.
1: Uh, I think they usually have, like, 11 pitchers just in, in general. Uh, I oh, think that's, oh. like, the average uh, pitchers per staff. So, I, I would say a good chunk of those – uh, minor league guys may be pitchers, but, like, I've not seen the numbers either, so I'm just kind of speculating.
0: Wow.
2: I had no idea. That's- yeah,
1: 11, <laughs> there's a ton of them. They rotate through them, and then, like, when you get to that level, there's, like, your starting pitcher. I can't even remember. And then you've got, like, the, the closer, and there's, like, a middle relief guy. So uh, there's, like, positions within pitcher too, so that's why they have to account for, like, that
2: many guys so you're saying there's a chance you're dang right
3: (laughs) ev any thoughts man yeah my first thought was baseball is just a great spectator sport and and not so much i would argue not so much a tv sport unless you're following a team um but i think if you're just turning on to watch a game you know, baseball without the fans. I just I have a hard time seeing people getting really into it compared to like other sports. Like football without fans, football is just a great TV sport that I don't think it'll suffer as much, if not at all. But again, baseball, like just going to the ballpark, is like for for me that's like half half of baseball. Is just like experiencing at the game. So, I guess that's something that comes to mind. But also, like, how short, how short is the season going to be?
0: It, it's two months. It's July 23rd or 24th to September um, – oh, I just lost it. Sorry, September 27th. So, it's a little bit over two months. Yeah, because that's the yeah. other
3: thing I thought of was, like, usually after the, after the All-Star break, you can start calculating, okay, how many games back is this team – and it starts to get a little more interesting because it is such a long season, but maybe, maybe a shorter season, maybe that will kind of balance that out. And then, I mean, postseason baseball is postseason baseball. So.
0: Yeah. Baseball, like baseball is one of the few sports where it's built for the long haul. Like you can come out hot for the first month and then you might, you know, Hey, I'm betting this guy on the world series. And all of a sudden, they've tanked and only make the playoffs. It's such a long season. Now you're at Kram in two months. That's, you know, I'm curious to see how that goes.
2: Um,
0: and then speaking on Devin, you know, on, on the TV part of it, um, long gone summer, he's been 30 for 30. Like I got excited to watch a little baseball. I've never been excited to watch baseball, but after watching McGuire and so to a crank out home runs, I'm like, man, I kind of want to see that a little bit. I want to see some home runs. I want to see some out of the park stuff. Uh, so I'm curious to see how that goes. Yeah, I'm telling you,
1: that whole thirty for thirty, if if listening to Mark McGuire's hit bombs doesn't just get you jazzed, then I don't know what will. That guy had a crisp Christmas whenever that ball hit that bat. I mean, so did Sosa, but I'm I telling you, Mark McGuire. If if we see anything like that ever again in our lifetime, I'll just die on the spot because that that whole race was like kind of what rejuvenated baseball. Um, and I think, uh, they even mentioned it in like in the documentary, it's like every sport kind of goes through the slump where then, you know, you got like the, the golf guy with, uh, like Tiger Woods and, uh, but, like, you know, rejuvenated the sport, got all these people involved. And then that was another huge one that, you know, we got to witness. So, uh, hopefully we get to relive one of those, uh, again i mean i'd love to be able to see another home run chase to to break one of uh baseball's greatest
0: records for real and like i don't watch baseball enough so i don't know who would you know what two guys would be like a race for it but um like 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 you said man i don't know if we'll ever see another lifetime like that cuz that was
3: that was amazing i thought of aaron judge when he was going for the rookie home run record that was kind of a big deal um and maybe you know, maybe if there's someone with him, I don't know, Chris Bryant. He's I don't know if he's so much like a slugger, but you know, it could happen somewhere down. What about behind. Harper? Bryce Harper? Yeah, yeah he's, huh? he's known for his big bat, right? This is also, I mean, the Maguire Sosa. I thought of just like this is kind of when steroids becomes the big ruler of baseball. I used to have a big Barry Bonds poster next to my bed. Uh, Cause I used to get the sports illustrated for kids. And I had, uh, I had all sorts of free posters, but I had one of bonds just cranking one into the bay. And I had that next to my bedside forever as he was like, he was going for the record. Like, you know, it was like chasing 600 and then chasing 700 and then him, like so many baseball players, just break my heart because you find out they're just doing steroids so, so i don't know thing, like, we may not see it again just because yeah. of regulations
1: Dude, i'm telling you like, steroid era
0: baseball was, was the best <laughs> 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 it was awesome <laughs> i say bring them back man like i know the health health concerns and all that but you're not really hurting anybody minus yourself Dude, if you want to do juice, man, get on that juice. Go crank out some home runs. Like, baseball was meant for that almost. Like, I want to see. I'll pay good money to go watch that. Think about this. What if there was an XFL
2: for baseball where you just had, like, a Vince McMahon say, you know what? You want to juice, juice. Let's see some home runs. I think I think that would be amazing. I would park on this one. If you want to do it to your own body, hey, cool. Um, I think it would bring a little more electricity to the sport. but. um Yeah, I'm down for that.
1: It would be. would love to see that.
0: (laughs) It'd be electric. Um, Stay with these current events, man. NBA, I know we've talked about it enough. Um, June 24th, players have to notify their team if they're actually going to travel to Orlando or not. Um, And there's been some big names that have decided not to or they're on the fence. Uh, Our our confirmed nose, Davis Burtons from Washington. Um, He's had a huge season. Like, he was leading the league in some stats, um, and he's worried his Wizards aren't going to make the actual playoffs, so he doesn't want to get hurt. He's trying to earn that payday, so he says, I'm sitting out. Trevor Ariza from Portland, uh, because his family can't come, he's not going. Um, and that's going to hurt Portland's chances a little bit. Kyrie with season uh, season-ending shoulder injury with the Nets, there was talks about maybe him coming back, but he said, no, he's sitting out. Uh, Dwight Howard is 50 50 for the Lakers um, because he wants. He said winning a championship would be cool, but winning a championship for the African American community would be even better. Um, so he's going to not be locked down in Orlando. He wants to protest. Um, Avery Bradley for the Lakers. Once again, same thing as Dwight Howard. He doesn't want to be locked down. He wants to go protest. Um, and Justin Winslow for the Grizzlies. Um, he's he's 50 50 because of. Uh, being injured and then not sure if the Grizzlies are fully going to make it or not. Any thoughts on some of these guys not coming to the playoffs?
1: I think for the most part, they all seem like they're, uh, for lack of a better word, like kind of morally driven uh, reasons. It doesn't seem like uh, a lot of them are just like, yeah, I just don't want to play because, I mean, you have the guys protesting for some, like this huge thing going on and uh, which is pretty admir- admirable um, and yeah I mean, fully support them if that's their goal and then like you know Trevor reason not not want to go if he doesn't want or if his family can't go I mean it's pretty admirable um, eager to see you know who else is deciding not to join
2: yeah i agree with Devin. um the one interesting thing i i heard on espn today was that uh avery bradley his or uh, his child uh liam actually has like a predisposed uh, respiratory illness from before and so a big part of the reason why he didn't want to go to orlando was because he would have absolutely no contact with his kid and then he also didn't know what he would be bringing back to his kid who you know fits the criteria for covid so um like Devin said like everyone seems to have their reasons and i think this is one of those situations where you're like you know you know uh you like you walk down the subdivision you have the basketball you say hey who wants to play and the people who come play that's great if you don't it's it's nothing against you because everyone's got their own deal if i had anything to lose if I had a big contract or family or anything, I'd be doing the same thing. But if I if I was already established, I had a nice contract, didn't have any family issues, I'd be going. So, yeah, it should be interesting to see who else kind of decides that as well.
0: If the whole team drops out, we'll put our bid in right now, PTP. We'll take on the hardwood again. And we'll come at our retirement to play some NBA
1: there's a why I've been running. I'm just
3: waiting for my shot. We make it <laughs> in Big Ev, any thoughts, man? I haven't I haven't been following the NBA okay. that closely, so.
0: Um real quick before I turn the current events over to Devin, just got a tweet from Adam Schaefer. NFL camps are officially starting July twenty-eighth. So inside sources here, we're being out all the mainstream media. NFL camps return July twenty eighth.
2: Wow, it's happening! I'm surprised.
1: We should all go
3: to like Panthers training camp and try to get like interviews.
1: I'm 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 gonna start just throwing out like, hey, I need a media pass. Like every single thing we could possibly. Yeah, that's what I'm saying.
3: (laughs) Like we're we're with Pub Sports Talk and just like go and just see like if anyone bites.
0: I'm so down, man. Road trip with the bros. Let's do it. Let's go. Let's do it. I think that would be awesome. And it sounds official too. Pub Sports Talk. like, oh, yeah, I think I've heard of them. Yeah, yeah. You guys from England, right? Yeah. Cheerio, mate. So, yeah, uh, keeping on (laughs) the uh, topic of current events,
1: you know, big sport for me, NASCAR. um, You know, thoughts going out to Bubba Wallace. He's going through the Pretty pretty rough time, uh, you know, with the allegations that there was, like, a noose in his um, garage. Um, You know, I think it it actually came out that it had been there for a while. Still strange to me why there was even a noose in the garage in the first place. But um, I think in just a long, long scheme, regardless of, uh, you know, what happened, I think it was a positive. I mean, Bubba got to see all these NASCAR drivers kind of back him. I know, like, uh, there was, like, a huge group of them that actually walked his car uh, out to the front of the field. uh, Huge support. Uh, There was a ton of, like, new fans in Talladega that uh, they showed after the race. Um, So a lot of positives coming from this, and you're seeing a lot of people – you know, through this negative, negative event, seeing a lot of positive. There's a more people wanting to watch NASCAR because of Bubble Wallace. Um, so I think I think it's awesome. Uh, he actually ran a pretty pretty good race. I, Bubba Wallace is my guy. He's who I uh, pull for. But uh, Ryan Blaney actually uh, came out with a win. Really exciting Talladega finish. Um, it was four wide. At the checkered flag, uh, Stenhouse was a fraction of a second behind. And I'm telling you, if you haven't watched the clip, this is what NASCAR is all about. Last lap, there are four wide, which means there's four cars lined up side by side. And you've got Blaney out in front, and we, he's doing what's called blocking. So he's basically, like, swerving his car, like, right and left to, um, like, prevent somebody from passing him so I mean it's super exciting uh Stenhouse is right behind him uh Almirola there's actually a crash like right behind him and the guy that came in third place comes across the finish line sideways I mean he's like in the middle of a crash comes in third place uh classic Talladega finish uh I'm telling you this is why people watch NASCAR these crazy finishes the crashes um yeah, dude, awesome Talladega race. I got to go to Talladega last year, and uh, there's nothing more exciting than seeing those cars just fly by you. It just gives you this jolt. I don't know how to describe it. You're just you're feeling the, if you've seen Talladega nice, it's really like the vibrations of the cars. Gotta <laughs> love the good vibrations.
2: <laughs> there's only one good thing about coming to these races, and that is the vibrations from the cars. Oh,
1: I love this, part. this part. Oh, I feel the running up my legs. I'm telling you, NASCAR, you got to get into it. It's great.
0: Two, two quick things. Hey, I I didn't realize Talladega was in Alabama. Holy, this 27 years of my life, I thought I was in Florida, like an idiot. Uh, so, shot there. <laughs> <laughs> And then uh, Bubba Wallace, he was also – he was kind of giving credit for, for banning the concert flags at races, right? Is that right?
1: Yeah, yeah. he uh, advocate. Yeah, big big advocate for that, which – follow me. And, you know, you see these people all over saying, like – I know I've, I've had to unfriend a ton of people on Facebook here recently. Like, I saw one guy say, like, Bubba Wallace killed NASCAR. And I'm like – what what does that even mean, man? Like he didn't do anything to the engines, he didn't do anything to the way the cars run running. Just because you can't wave this little flag around, you're you're mad about it. That means you're not even a NASCAR fan. Like that makes it made no sense to me. Just if you if you feel that way, you can at me, and we'll we'll, we'll gladly talk. But <laughs> just Bubba Wallace has done nothing but good for NASCAR. Um, very proud of, you know, Richard Petty Motorsports or, you know, endorsing this guy a hundred percent. Um, he's like pretty sure like one of only a few guys, uh, people of color in the NASCAR community. Um, you know, NASCAR is, you know, not as popular as it used to be. This could be a whole nother wave of things to, to bring NASCAR back to the glory days. So. 100% endorsed Bob Wallace and just about anything he'll do. Um, yeah, Confederate flags. I mean,
2: what, what's it what's it to you, man? Yeah, piggybacking off of your points now. Um, one thing I noticed. Well, I guess a lot of people were saying that you know NASCAR's it hasn't been very popular lately. But one thing I've noticed that I hadn't noticed before is that you're getting other sports involved in NASCAR. So, like, uh, I know Alvin Kamara, he was showing support for – I mean, Bubba Wallace and, and, and what he's doing. But, you know, he's become a fan of NASCAR. And then you have – so it, it kind of reminds me of, like, how NFL and NBA players will, like, interact and they'll go to each other's games. For, like, the first time, I think – I mean, I'm not a NASCAR fan, uh, so to speak, but they're actually having, like, uh, I guess – inter-sports relations with like it is pretty cool just seeing it. it's like i think it could really grow from here
1: yeah that, that's that's what it's all about it's just like it's bringing more people into it getting people excited i mean racing's like fun to watch i mean it's fun to watch these guys fly around the racetracks um and anytime that you get like these athletes cheering each other on and um it's really just a community of like these these athletes who have a voice and can speak out and like promote other people's sports and promote what these people are doing. Uh, it's awesome. Uh, it's, I, that's why I love sports, man. It's all about the community. Everybody, just about everybody can can be a fan of any sport and I'm, I support it. It's awesome.
3: Yeah, I think Aaron Rodgers and Danica Patrick should throw some parties and, and just help build that build that bridge between NFL and NASCAR. (laughs) You had to find a way to throw Rogers in there. I I had to.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Dang it, Evan. Uh, One other thing I thought was pretty interesting. um, And it's like almost comparing apples to oranges, but I heard, and I don't know who said it. um, NASCAR supports Bubba Wallace, unlike NFL supported Kaepernick when everything was going on in 2016 like they were saying that's how an organization really supports their their athletes and, and, that, and that's opening a whole other box and um I did like it, it's also comparing apple the like I said two different sports one's making billions of dollars but um yeah I just thought that was really interesting I was like yeah that's that's right like you know ownership of the the brand is really supporting their athletes just thought it was an interesting point I I guess that is pretty
1: that. interesting. Yeah, I, I, I haven't seen that, but that's uh, I mean, pretty damn right. I mean, not much. To, I mean, they they
2: didn't really give him a leg to stand on, and
0: uh, you're right. Yeah, let me. I'm gonna do a quick Google find out who said that real quick. <laughs> and and also shout out to NASCAR and the, and the Petty Racing team for getting the FBI involved so quickly, like. That, that's huge. Getting the FBI
1: involved. Yeah, I mean, especially I think uh, especially with like events going on, uh, they're taking uh, you know the hate crime allegation to a whole nother level. Which I mean, that's that's pretty. Racism is such a screwy thing, man. And I'm glad that they did get in there really quick and uh, determined that that you know it wasn't any foul play. Um, at least towards Bubba immediately. Uh, but just I don't know how you let that hang up for that long and not realize what what it is. So you know Alabama for you I guess.
3: One of the things that yeah, that exactly. I was thinking about is and it's hard to not get political when talking about this. But um a lot of this a lot of the black lives movement started uh, well, not started, but we saw more of it through media during Obama's second term. So like really from like 2012, 2016, I mean, that was when, you know, that's when we saw St. Louis Rams players come out of the tunnel with the hands up, don't shoot. We saw a lot of players like LeBron and LeBron wore a shirt, you know, a call for justice. I think he had something about justice. A lot of players were doing it. I remember the Cleveland Browns player. He got flack for wearing a shirt that said a call for justice. And again, this was all when Obama was, was, um, still president that we had a, we had a black president and, and, you know, now, you know, Kaepernick was, started kneeling really at the start of trump's presidency and and i don't know if you guys remember but when kaepernick it was when the week when trump called nfl players sons of bitches he said you know sobs three days prior there was a riot in charlottesville virginia and it was between the modern Ku ku klux klan and i don't know what They were, I don't know what they were crashing. I don't know if it was like a a gay rights event. I can't remember what it was, but, you know, people, you know, there were deaths. It was just a violent protest. So, again, you had an example three days apart of you had a nonviolent protest of an NFL player taking a knee. And three days prior, you had a violent, you know, reaction protest and you would think that the reaction should deem you know according to each of those events but the NFL players were called SOBs and the reaction to the modern Ku Klux Klan was there was there was problems on both sides. And I'm not saying you know there may have been problems on both sides, you know, but to have that be said And then three days later, you're just throwing kerosene on the Colin Kaepernick thing. I think that's where even this has kind of resurfaced, is it hasn't been resolved. And it's not just 2020. You know, this has been something that's been going on for quite some time. But it's interesting because now just feels like the time that it is resurfacing and how we're responding, it just feels like. There's, there's more of us like, yeah, we we got to be better than this. There's just a sense of like people are actually trying to be better. Uh, I don't want I I to dig too deep. I was like, I had to cut myself off. Like, I don't want to.
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, what you said. I mean, it's the truth. I mean, um, I forgot who told me I was talking to a friend about this, this stuff going on. And it's like, uh, you know, it's trying to uh, tape or trying to fix up like a shotgun wound with just a Band-Aid and expect it to heal. I mean, we got like years and years of th- this stuff going on and uh, it's going to take years and years of, you know, policies and
2: procedures to, to correct it. All right, Fellas. We're gonna change gears a little bit here. I don't know if you guys have been on social media at all. There's a guy named Mike Tyson, and he is an anomaly to all boxers and athletes. I don't know if you've seen videos, but he, him and his crew have been releasing little short videos of him training, and you gotta you gotta watch this. He his speed, his technique. I'm not a big uh, boxer analyst, but I wouldn't get in the ring with this guy. He's 53. He'll be 54 next week, I think. And, um, yeah, I'm just going to share some information with you guys. He's, he's, uh, He's come out and already said he'd be willing to do exhibition matches for charities. Uh, His reasoning is that if he has a chance to raise money for uh, drug addicts or people who've been on uh, kind of uh, the bad side of things for a while or on a bad streak, um, bad luck streak, he wants to help them out. So he's willing to fight. Now, a couple uh, options here that we got to fight Mike Tyson. He's... His crew has made a call to Tyson Fury. If you guys are familiar with Tyson Fury, he's the current heavyweight champ. Um, He's 6'9", 254 pounds. He has an 85 inch reach, okay? That's Tyson Fury. Mike Tyson, let me me pull him up real quick. Mike Tyson's 240, he's (laughs) 5'10". and he's got a 71-inch reach. So Tyson Fury has over a foot on Mike Tyson, or just under a foot, and he's got 10-inch reach on Mike Tyson. But they both agreed, and nothing's materialized, but they both agreed to do an exhibition match for charity. I think that's pretty cool. Um, He also, Mike Tyson also kind of called out Holyfield Kind of didn't, but it was kind of in a way like, hey, I, I, I want a rematch. I want that third fight, and, and of course, Holyfield threw shade and was like, yeah, I'd come back in the ring, but you're not my first choice. So there's a little, there's a little uh, something something going on there. But I want to get your guys's take. Uh, if you guys could watch for charity, of course, like a pay-per-view event um, of Mike Tyson versus anyone, I want you to insert someone there. Who would it be? Dev, start with you. Uh, well, I mean,
1: he, the talks are already happening. I mean, Tyson Fury is kind of my, my boxer to watch now. Uh, a guy is like a – I don't know, he's like a defensive mastermind. If you ever watch him, his head's just a bobbing like everywhere. and It's like he doesn't even know what he's doing. And then all of a sudden he's like pop, pop. And you're like, dude, that was the smoothest head bob. I mean, how do you even have the hand-eye coordination for this? And then you've got you've got Mike Tyson who's like – arguably one of the most powerful boxers. If you ever watch him hit the heavy bags on those Instagram videos, I'm like, dude, my wrists would explode. Like, he's just, like, straight power. Like, he is just the embodiment of, like, a powerful dude. Uh, And uh, Tyson Fury was named after Mike Tyson, uh, allegedly, I
2: think. Oh,
1: wow. I have no idea.
2: Maybe I'm making that up. I I don't know if he's old enough. We're putting it in the books now.
1: We're yes. putting it in the books. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll throw it out there. We're, we're getting a hype train up. Uh, but I, I think Tyson Fury would 100% be the guy to watch him fight, whether it be ex- exhibition or, you know, just uh, almost even like just like a little sparring thing just to see, you know, how it goes. It doesn't have to be like a knockout drag out. But with Mike Tyson and in, uh, in the uh, ring, there's no telling what happened. Tyson may lose in the ear.
2: Yeah, I I agree. It's um it's one of those situations where it's kind of you don't want to uh, call Mike Tyson the underdog in that situation, but he, he kind of is because I mean Tyson Fury says so much on him. But you know one of the the knockout drag out fights I'd want to see would be Holyfield and Tyson, Mike Tyson. But yeah, I would. I mean I'd I'd pay some money to watch Mike Tyson and Tyson Fury just jab at each other a little bit and you know who knows laugh and, and poke at each other. I think it'd be funny. What about you, Parker? What do you think? How,
0: how old is Tyson Fury? Do you, do you have a top of the dome?
2: Uh, I don't, but I can look it up real quick. He's 31. Cause
0: that's, Ooh, 31. 31. So that, that's, that's, a, that's a little bit of a concern for me. Like Tyson Fury, obviously, in shape. Tyson, you know, Mike, he looks in shape on Instagram and stuff, but how many of those, out? You know, as soon as they say cut, he's like <gasps> you know, um, but like that would be cool to watch I, I've looked at it three ways like the money wise Mike Tyson Tyson Fury or Holyfield as long as Holyfield has enough ear for Mike to bite um, or really big money Conor McGregor and Tyson to fight just to oh, wow. see how it goes
2: wow or, I, that didn't even cross my mind that's a that's pretty like,
0: interesting <laughs> choice a lot of money could be made for charity right there. And then, and then thirdly, um, if I could dig up somebody or clone them, the, the match everybody talked about when Tyson was on his run was Tyson and Muhammad Ali. The rope-a-dope strategy versus Tyson with the black shorts, no socks, is ready to knock you out, man. Oh, like, yeah. That would be awesome to watch. And that, yeah, that, uh,
2: it reminds me of that, um, what is it, Rocky Five? When they do the uh, simulation, <laughs> with Rocky and the current world champion, and like it's like these crummy CGI guys fighting. I would like to. I'd just watch that if it was Ali uh, and Tyson. That'd be pretty fun.
0: That would be awesome. That was a good analogy. I forgot about that. <laughs> All right, Evan, what do
2: you got? Who do you, who would you like to see Mike Tyson fight?
3: This might be a reach, but it's only because they're not the same weight class. This, for me, I I just think he's, I think he's the second best boxer. If you're, if you're looking at all classes and he's the first boxer to win major world titles in four of the eight glamor divisions, flyweight, featherweight, lightweight, welterweight. Someone called him the best Southpaw fighter of all time. I want Manny Pacquiao. (laughs) and it could be the first time a lightweight beat a heavyweight in a fight i think i think that would be that'd be easy money just raking in to watch that fight i'm just saying just it'd be fun to watch that fight i don't know if i don't know if manny can pull it off but i think it'd be really interesting
2: that would be really fun to watch man i don't know if Has that ever happened? Like that change of a weight
0: class? I just
3: looked it up. They said a lightweight, like all all the definitions. They're like it's never happened.
0: And yeah, I guess the the Nevada gaming industry and like the boxing committee would. I guess they wouldn't allow it. But if it's exhibition, like like McGregor is somewhat less than Tyson too. But I mean, if it's for a good cause, do it. Like have fun with it.
3: Would his odds be like thirty to one? (laughs) <laughs> I'd, I'd say even higher than that
0: oh man I, I, I don't it'd know it'd
3: be the uh, underdog story
0: because <laughs> Manny's a little old too so that's a good one it is. Uh, no, none of us said Floyd Mayweather
2: we don't want to see that we, <laughs> you know, it was hard enough watching Manny and Floyd Yeah, and, oh, that's uh, true. at least Conor McGregor was you know, in it for what five or six rounds and then he just you know, Floyd's just yes. back there dancing. But uh man, Manny Pacquiao and Mike Tyson that would be that would be interesting. But again, like if it's just for charity and it's not like they're collecting purses at the end of the day, you know, as if, you know, they're it's an exhibition match, I don't see why they would deny it, but then again, that's not really my realm. So
0: Uh, Speaking of boxing real quick, you guys see the Mountain versus Eddie Hall potentially boxing match? I've seen that whole beef, and uh, it's just
1: (laughs) – that whole beef just makes no sense. Um, I don't understand
2: why they would fight. Is that the beef who is, like, who thinks they're the strongest when, like, the Mountain technically – it wasn't, like, a sanctioned event? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Okay.
1: Yeah, it's it's that whole thing, and and I'm not even gonna get into it again. Of you know, total bitch move to only do one kilo over the the last guy. I mean, you got to do at least five kilos. But uh, uh, Eddie Hall's my my guy. I like Eddie, uh, but I, I, and I like the mountain. I mean, but I have no desire to watch them two big slow bastards fight each other. <laughs>
0: No, I, I don't want to see them fight either. Like it would be so sloppy. Like yeah, sure if they land in that first 10 seconds, it's they're done, but they got 10 seconds to get it in.
1: So I'd... Yeah, I mean, that's just heavy breathing and they're going to throw like 10 punches total and then they're both going to be thrown up in the corner like, "Hey, why the hell are we doing this?" <laughs> it's
0: a lot of clinch. So, um,
2: I just did a quick Google search. So, Thor is five inches taller than Eddie and has uh, about fifty pounds on Eddie. So just want to throw that out there. If they actually fought.
1: Eddie's actually lost some weight. He's he's been trying to do uh, bodybuilding, so I don't I don't know how like I don't know how up to date that was, but he's actually like he's got like a six pack now. It's weird. <laughs> he's got like nice. a, a keg stomach with a six pack. Uh, the
3: good old gorilla abs. Oh, <laughs> yeah, no joke. All right, we're gonna jump right in here. So, this was a viewer question for us. Who who is who is the question from? We do we know? Is it anonymous? Uh, it's a it's a student, a former student of mine. A former student, Billy Bob, of, right? Billy of Bob Coach Hackey, uh, but he asked. For the greatest sports sports moments in our lifetime, <laughs> I'm just botching my words here. Um, I've got a list for us, and it, it's a lot. This could go a couple of different ways. So you could think of this as athletes, like we've got to experience some of the greatest athletes in you know I think of really since the 2000s you know like the earliest that I really remember sports is like you know the late 90s like 98 99 and that's really rare if I can remember but like once I hit like 2000 and up to so you're looking at two decades really of just of sports and whether it's athletes or whether it's iconic plays like an iconic moment or even just iconic games and let's start with athletes so the list of athletes we get to see some of the greats here tom brady lebron james tiger woods michael phelps usain bolt serena williams and then uh we're still watching this one, but Simone Biles, the gymnast. And that's my that's my solid list. Um throw in Derek Jeter and Kobe. Anybody else that you would throw into that? I would throw Michael in there. I know we we saw his tail end of his
0: career, you know, the second three Pete, all of us were alive in. Um But I I still
3: count because I remember him winning those championships. So I I would put Michael Jordan in my list. See, I remember Space Jam, but I don't really remember, like, I don't really remember Jordan's career, you know? Like, I don't remember Air Jordan, like, the birth of Air Jordan. Whereas, like, LeBron, like, we remember them, like, 2003, we see, like, high school highlights on ESPN of St. Vincent, St. Mary's, and us going, oh, this guy's about to blow up the NBA. You know, he's just different. Like, I don't really – I don't think we can claim Michael because we were born in, like, 92,
1: 93. Yeah, I agree with you, Ed. I, I don't ever really remember, like, any games watching Michael Jordan play basketball. But I remember, like – I think that's why I've, like, been a LeBron fan. He was like, uh, this generation, quote, unquote, is – like he's like our Michael, and that's I think why a lot of the younger people try to fight and say, you know, oh, he's just as good as Michael because I mean that's that's who we got, and I mean the dude is for sure a top five all-time guy, and uh, I think he would for sure be my like athlete of all those that uh, you listed that like I probably followed along with the most.
3: It's just for me, it's an age thing. It's it's again that Jordan retired in like 98 and you know, it's just, it's different. Like, cause the other one I had was Tiger Woods. I actually remember 1997, the masters when Tiger was just dominant. I mean, I was four years old, but I remember my parents having it on and like, you know, they just showed Tiger. Like, you know, if I'm sitting in the living room playing with Hot Wheels, you know, they're just showing tiger. And I'm like, who is this guy? And like, that was kind of the introduction to golf. And then, you know, four years later you have the tiger slam where he, he, um, know, not not a true grand slam. Bobby Jones is the only golfer to have a, a true grand slam, but tiger won. he won like the U S open, the British PGA one year. And then like the next year, He won the Masters winning four in a row. Um, So, you know, like, we we witnessed peak Tiger Woods. And then, you know, Tiger winning the Masters last year was, like, crazy.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and let's see, like, I remember my little brother was named Paxton, named after John Paxton from the Bulls. And so I always – was wondering, you know, Dad, why, you know, what's up with the name? And so I remember watching the Bulls because of that. You know, we we weren't a big golf family, but so I get that too. Like that, that makes a lot of sense. I get that.
2: Yeah, I think your list is pretty solid there, Evan. Um, I was kind of going through some names, and the person that stuck out to me was LeBron. Shocker, right? But he's just gosh. The, the part that really hung me over I guess all the other athletes was uh, I think it was back in in 2016 when uh, they were in the finals with Golden State and they were down 3-1 and LeBron literally carried his team limping across the finish line to beat Golden State and I mean I don't think that's ever been done outside of that and uh, I mean to to do that to to be a leader in that scenario, I mean, it just speaks volumes of, like, the greatness of LeBron. And, yeah, that's kind of the moment that pushed me over to have – to say he would be, like, the greatest – or the greatest moment there coming back from a deficit like that. Just nuts.
3: Well, even that finals, um, that stands as probably one of the best finals. I mean, you know, again, down 3-1 against the the mighty Golden State Warriors – I still remember game six, Steph throwing his mouthpiece as he got ejected. I mean, that was nuts. And then, uh, you know, game seven, not just the Kyrie shot, but you've got the block. Um, yeah. The block. I think that's definitely, you've got to, you know, we can table that, that, you know, LeBron, that 16 finals, you know, that's a, that's a Mount Rushmore for, for just the last two years.
0: I, I'm glad you brought back the the 3-1 deficit because that I thought about that and then I was like holy crap there was one I remember before that like 2004 Red Sox were down 3-0 to the Yankees in the AL championship and they came back and that was the first time I remember a team like crawling their way back from from a huge deficit in a championship um dang but yeah I, I, I'm glad you brought that up because I trotted a little note down
3: there yeah that was a nuts moment i mean i just remembered again as that was going on it was like you know when it was 3-1 in that series one it was 3-0 and no one's paying attention because they're like all right you know yanks are gonna sweep and then red sox won four and you're like oh, okay but then like game five i think i think that's when they had pedro and and pedro just went nuts in game five and it was like okay well Three, two, now, and then Schilling in Game Six. He's got the bummed ankle, the and bloody like at sock. Point, at that point, everyone's all in. They're like, "Yo, the Red Sox could do it," and it was like news. And you got to Game Seven, and you just knew like they are not, they're not gonna mess this up, you know. And, and then they
0: sweep the cards in the World yeah. Series,
3: like. Yeah. Um, and for me, they had to win the. If they didn't win the World Series that year it wouldn't have been that big of a deal, but they Mm -hmm. got that done. And, you know, it's, it kind of solidified. I don't know if that's on my Mount Rushmore though. Like I wouldn't put that in like my top four moments, but it was really cool.
0: And I just watched the 30 for 30, four days in October, like last month or something. I had nothing better to do. And and I was like, that is a cool moment. So I I put it
3: up on mine. Devin, what would you add to to the Mount Rushmore, so to speak? Are you talking about moments or athletes? I think it's both. I think it's a combination of both. Well,
1: I mean, for me, I think just being a uh, Ravens fan, uh, it would be watching Ray Lewis. He's always just kind of like – he was who I like. That was my number in football throughout the – the entirety that I played was 52 uh, until I got to college. So Ray Lewis is for sure on my Mount Rushmore of, you know, people to watch. And even though I, you know, don't really remember like at the beginning of this career all that much. I mean, I mean, the dude was a middle linebacker for years and years, which is like not really heard of like that. And then, you know, getting to see him uh, well, win a uh, – win a Super Bowl. That would be on my list for sure. Um,
2: great moment. Fine. Being yeah. a Ravens fan finally paid off. <laughs> yeah. The way that Ray Lewis can just like strike inspiration in you, if you just listen to him talk, oh my gosh. like You're ready to just run through a brick, brick wall after listening to Ray just get you pumped up. It's something else. Yeah. I mean, Any sport. No matter what. He's, he's going to get you ready.
1: Yeah, just so inspirational. Like, it doesn't even make sense. Like, why are you that inspirational? <laughs> this is illogical. Why? <laughs> All I'm doing is writing a paper.
3: I'm gonna jump the gun here. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you what what should be the Mount Rushmore. This is what it should be. Um, we talked about LeBron James. He's up there, and especially you know put. 2016 finals up there tiger woods you know i mentioned him you know we're talking about the greatest golfer in the modern era and possibly ever the only reason he hasn't gotten jack nicholas's is because of his back and other various injuries but tiger um you can probably put chip in at augusta as probably his moment um maybe now it's like 2019 masters third slot I have to put Tom Brady there. Um, I mean, Tom Brady, he is just, for 20 years, he has just dominated the NFL, whether you love him or hate him. He's been the most dominant player and, you know, give him his just due. And probably his moment is probably the 28-3 comeback Super Bowl. And, you know, that's probably the defining moment but he's got, he's got quite a few. My last one, I, f- I feel really strongly about this. 2008 Beijing Olympics and my fourth slots going to have two, two athletes, the two greatest at their sport, Michael Phelps and Usain Bolt. The 2008 Olympics, Michael Phelps won a perfect eight for eight on gold medals. He beat Mark Spitz record. And it was highlighted with the eighth medal was that famous U.S. versus France relay where the guy like just flicked the wall like they won by like hundreds of a second. You know, Michael Phelps was like, ah, like he was like all hyped up. So like that, that was like a key moment. And you're talking again, Michael Phelps, most decorated Olympian of all time, 23 gold medals, three silver, two bronze. His first Olympics, he was 15 years old. He was the youngest youngest Olympic swimmer ever. Um, even though he he didn't medal that year, he finished fifth in in his main event, the 200 meter fly. And then on the flip side, so 2008, that's when Phelps went perfect. And you also have this 20 year old guy from Jamaica, six foot five goofball of a sprinter with golden Puma spikes. And Usain Bolt and he shatters three world records and goes on to have what was called the triple triple he had three gold medals in the 100 meter 200 meter four by one relay in three different olympic years no one had ever done that Uh, most sprinters they were able to do two olympics but that third one father time kind of caught up but but that 2016, a Rio bolt fought it off. He went nine for nine. If you look it up though, his last medal was taken away because a teammate of his, um, they were doping. So they had to take his medal away, but, um, you know, put an asterisk next to it. But that's my, I think that is the, that is the set solid Mount Rushmore I think you probably can make a case for the San Antonio Spurs. Um, even though I don't, I don't necessarily know if iconic is the right word, but they're the best team of the, of the past 20 years. They've just been the most dominant. So I don't know. Again, like, I think their honorable mention, um, you can agree or disagree, but that, that is what it is.
1: Yeah, I remember. I remember uh, watching Usain Bolt that first year and just being like, "What in the world? That dude's a freak." Um, and seeing all these like biomechanics videos on like how he's able to run that fast, and it starts from like the the way he comes out of a block and like a straight line, versus like these other guys having like their hinges. Uh, I remember just being fascinated with learning about them and like all those classes in uh, college. But yeah, I, I agree with your list. Uh, that that's I mean, it's hard to beat that list. It's solid.
0: Yeah, what's, I get.
3: I was gonna say, what's funny about Bolt is you know this year's supposed to be Tokyo 2020, but it's it's being pushed off because of COVID but I was interested to see people's reactions to the 100-meter dash or 200-meter because you're probably going to see Noah Lyles win, who's just, he's a fast U.S. runner, but people are going to be like, whoa, these people, like, they're not as fast. (laughs) You know, like, Bolt just made the other guys look so slow, and I I think we've just kind of gotten used to it. Like, we've had six, or we've had, uh, you know, 12 years of Bolt, or whatever it was, eight years of Bolt, um, and, like, you know, when we see him not in a race, it's going to bring us back to reality. Like, oh, yeah, this used to be the 100-meter dash.
0: That's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, Let me throw in two alternates. Tony Hawk put skateboarding on the map, hit the first 900, you know, and then Wayne Gretzky for Hockey Town. Um, So just two alternates, like if if I was going to replace Phelps or Bolt um, or or maybe Tiger or somebody, just throw those guys in there. Uh, But no, your list is solid fits for people. And then two events, USC versus Texas 2006 Rose Bowl. Uh, You know, USC was up by 12 with six minutes to go and Vince Young drives in his team to win. Uh, That was a big moment. And then a moment that's special to all our hearts. This is when I knew I wanted to go to App was in 2007 when App beat Michigan, ranked number five in the nation, in their house, 34-32. And that's just a, a cheating moment because that that's something
3: special for all four of us. That's right, baby. Yeah, I was going to say, that's the other, the other way we can look at this. I want to get Tim's thoughts on anything we should add to the, to the podium.
2: Yeah, um, I'm glad you tagged me in here. I actually want to scrap the whole Mount Rushmore. I'm going to add the average Joe's gym. and overcame a four man deficit to the Globo Gym Purple Cobras (laughs) in the American Dodgeball Association of American Tournament Championship game. So. Any Mount Rushmore you guys had or our listeners had, scrap it. Average Joe, every member should be on that route. Mount Rushmore. Mic drop. There you go. Average shows.
0: Actually, the full tragedy, Cotton. I was <laughs> I waiting see if it for it. Yeah. Up. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, um, in, in all seriousness, yeah, I, I agree with everyone's points here. Um, man, yeah, looking back at the last couple decades and what we've seen it's just amazing. So, yeah, I think your list is great. Nice job.
3: So the other way I want to think of this and maybe just if, if everyone can think of one or two, but these would be just plays that plays you just won't forget. And ideally um, like I thought of it as not just plays you saw, but plays you watched live, like not at the game, but, I mean, like, you had, the, you had the game on your TV. Like, for me, it was the Women's World Cup 2011. Um, Rapino to Wambach in extra minutes uh, in the quarterfinals against Brazil. Watch that live. Crazy. Just crazy play. Um, my other one was Bubba Watson in the Masters from the Pine Straw. You know, we had that, we had that going. I think it was – whole 17 you know again he's got he's got the weird lie and the pine straw iconic master's moment you know just no not a lot of people knew who bubba was and after that moment everyone everyone knows who he is so.
1: that's funny you say that because that was uh that was actually the second one i thought of was bubba watson out of the, out of the pine straw um uh, my first one, though, uh, this one, like, we, we keep bringing it up because uh, we were actually at my mom's house um, when this, we were watching this. It was the Iron Bowl. Uh, I don't remember what year it was. It was Bama-Auburn um, playing. They're kicking a field goal to win it, uh, Bama is, and then the Auburn guy, like, takes the, the, the botched field goal, to the house, and, like, we're all screaming in our living room and, uh, like, going nuts. Like, we just saw this, like, crazy play. And then my mom comes out and she's like, what the heck's going on? Who died? Like, we are like, screaming. And it's, like, I can't remember. It was, like, later in the night. But that's, that's one play that I always remember, like, watching it live and being like, dude, that's one of the greatest plays I've ever seen. Kick six. Yeah,
0: kick six. 20. 2013. I, I just looked it up. Was it 2013? Yeah, holy cow. Yeah, no. <laughs> holy cow. Uh, I, I got to go with Vince Young running it in the Rose Bowl uh, or Tony Hawk in the 900th X games. That's the one that burns in my memory. I I guess me and my dad were big skateboarder guys, but that, that one burns in my memory. Nice. I got one that's uh,
2: kind of a curveball here, shocker. And uh, I'm being a little liberal with the term play, so bear with me. Let me take back to 1998. Undertaker, first, mankind, hell in the cell. I remember my, okay, so I, if, if those of you who don't know me, I have a very large family. I'm the youngest of 10. All of my siblings, outside of like, I think, three of my sisters for watching this hell in the cell when undertaker throws mankind off of a 16 foot cell and he crashes (laughs) he crashes into the table i thought i just witnessed someone die for the first time i was like oh my gosh he's not getting up they take him out on the stretcher he goes no hold up goes back on top of the the hell in the cell undertaker Choke slams him and breaks him through the cell. <laughs> he dies a second time. I said, oh my gosh, I can't handle this. I'm freaking out, right? And then, to top it all off, Thumbtacks. Undertaker suplexes Mankind onto Thumbtacks and then pins him. I'm pretty sure at this point Mankind has died three times and I'm what, like six years old and I'm just sitting there like, what what's just happened? That will forever be etched into my brain. That moment,
0: uh, insert the Jim Ross. Oh my god, he's killed him! He's killed a man right here. Yes.
2: Yes. Oh my
0: god,
3: I will say, of all like the sports, like I don't know what you call them, like gifts, memes, vines. The WWE posts just kill me. I I really think like for some reason they are just they are so funny, so hilarious. So I'm glad Tim, I'm glad you gave Undertaker his his due there.
2: Yeah, quick uh, fun fact: Undertaker fought that match um, with a broken ankle, and at the end of it, mankind had a his incisor tooth come through his nasal cavity. So there you go. Everyone thought it was a booger.
0: No, that was his tooth. I'm glad you brought up wrestling real quick. Another listener question was, what was your favorite wrestler or wrestling moment? So, obviously, we know Tim's favorite moment. Oh,
2: yeah. I'm I'm leaving it there, boys.
0: (laughs) I don't know if you guys were into wrestling or not, but I I was as a kid, too. I was pretty similar to Tim. Um, Devin, Evan, you guys want to take
3: this? I mean, I would just say sweet chin music is – Like I don't—it's not really a moment, but I would just say I—that was the coolest move of any wrestler. Yeah, I mean, for me, uh, John Michaels, HBK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Degeneration. John Michaels. Sorry, I didn't say his name. Um,
1: For me, it's the limousine riding, jet flying. Kiss stealing wheeling wheeling-dealing, son-of-a-gun, Ric Flair. Uh, that guy knows so many memes, and he's a, he's a North Carolina native. Love Ric Flair to death. Uh, I feel like you could almost call that, that era in wrestling the cocaine era, because it just looks like all those dudes are just snorting lines and coming straight out and just saying the most ridiculous things they could possibly think of. Uh, yeah. Savage, <laughs> kid, and I'm
2: gonna take care of you tonight, Hulk Hogan. You better watch it.
1: Sweating his sweating his balls off at the whole
0: time. <laughs> <laughs> uh Flair, the 16, 16, 16, 16 time world champion. Uh and legendary party stories. Like flying oh, on a gosh. jet just butt naked. Uh God. Um nwo for me hulk hogan turning his back on wcw i was a big wcw kid i wasn't allowed to watch wwe um so watching like hogan turn his back on sting and and randy and i was like oh my god dad what did hogan do Uh, (laughs) and then Sting's Sting's my all-time favorite for sure but the way yeah whenever whenever you, you hear his music
2: and you see him starting to uh like Propelled down on the cable, you're like, Oh, here we go. Here we go. And then, like, at the end of his matches, like, most of his makeup would be off, but you couldn't quite see his face. And you're like, Oh, just there's a little bit more. Just take it off <laughs> every time, <laughs>
3: every time.
2: <laughs> just in his face.
3: I will say, I do like uh, under I thought of Undertaker whenever he had the druids, like, the you know we had the introduction with the I don't know what you know are they like monks I don't know what they were but they'd be like humming I always thought that was so intense I was like oh he's about the like you know and you'd hear the you hear the boom boom and like you know there's nothing like it you know everyone just just be shocked <gasps> Taker
2: these are some good times trip down memory lane boys
3: also I remember
1: as a kid always wanting a uh, Austin 316 shirt, and now I finally have one. <laughs> <Ooh, ooh, laughs> yeah. Work out in it at least three times a week. <laughs> <laughs> you better be crushing some Bud Heavies, though, in between sets. Just- slam them together just don't yeah. even put any in your mouth it's just going everywhere else it's going oh. everywhere else
2: <laughs> I don't know what his catch rate was for catching a beer from the stands after his match but I'm pretty Hi. sure he never <laughs> dropped one Hi. <laughs> his magna hands. He, yeah I'd be recruiting him for a receiver if I was a football coach
0: he had the same guy throw to him every match. I, I, I saw an interview, and someone asked him out there, like, how did you catch all those? And he's like, yeah, we practiced. We was me and him and the same
3: guy. And he that knew if awesome. he messed up, I was coming for his ass.
0: That is awesome.
3: Well, speaking of receivers, we have another wide receiver question this week. We This is the last one we're doing for a while. I mean, like – Dear Lord. I, I'm even curious, like <laughs> – isn't it, like isn't Tony Brown like trolling our feed, like just trying to get us <laughs> to like talk about him? You're like... not included. <laughs> <laughs> but we can do this. I think we can do this real quick. Just best best wide receiver of all time. Uh and I'm just gonna leave it open in to just give us your give us your best receiver of all time. Uh Randy Moss. Hey,
0: I was hoping somebody it, else would say it. It's, it's still a thing. You got Mossed. Like that's got that's moss. the phrase. I'll I, I leave it there. You can add a couple other guys, but Moss.
1: Yeah. All the old heads are going to yell at us for uh, not picking Jerry Rice, but it's Moss, man.
2: I respectfully disagree with both of you. It's got to be Calvin Johnson. Megatron. Come on. He no chance. Very, oh, my God. The game changer. He's the <laughs> Megatron. Okay. So, most consecutive games with at least 100 yards, eight, eight games. He's got most receiving yards of five-game span, 186. He's got most receiving yards in a single season, just shy of 2,000 receiving yards. Okay. And he has two seasons with 1,600 yards or more um i man i just i just laid facts out for you guys so uh and he did it i mean i'm a lions fan but he did it for the lions so come on he has to put the city on his back for that come on
0: uh ma had 8000 receiving yards and 77 touchdowns in his first
3: 6 seasons i do i like mega <laughs> He I'm just, still
2: sticking with
3: Megatron. <laughs> Megatron, just he just retired too early, but it's just kind of – Yeah. That's kind of the Detroit thing. I mean, Barry, Barry did it. I mean, you, when you don't win playoff games, it's hard to stick around. What are yeah. you even playing for? Well, we just had a <laughs> – I just like getting Tim riled up. We just had a, a changing
2: of the guards, so to speak. Uh, so, I think this is the start of the Dynasty boys.
0: Yeah, you went from a 96 year old woman to her daughter. So. Uh,
2: Hey, (laughs) things are going to happen a little differently here. Uh, Yeah, I'm sticking firmly with Megatron for the time he played and the impact he had on the game. You could never count Megatron out. You couldn't (laughs) guard him. I mean, you could argue that with Randy Moss, but gosh, just Megatron. Give it to me. Let's go. And talk.
0: he, to be honest, Megatron was ranked right before Moss on the NFL's list.
2: Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't see that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Thanks for clarifying
3: that, Devin. Who do you have? A moss for sure.
1: Uh, me and my brother used to watch this highlight tape all the time on YouTube growing up. I bet we watched that thing probably two thousand times. Uh, you know, the songs always stuck in my head and. I, I, I agree with partners, It's got to be Moss.
3: Well, you guys are all you're all wrong. I'm just gonna say it because um, I can. Dot I mean, there's a lot we didn't mention here. Um, Larry Fitz. I mean, he's still active. I think when it's said and done, we'll be talking about Larry in a different light. But he's not there yet. Um, NFL top ten. You know, they're like NFL films or on NFL Network, they always do top 10. And they did the top 10 receivers of the 2000s. And they gave it to the quiet guy. They gave it to Marvin Harrison. Mm -hmm. And I agreed with them. I think Randy is the most talented receiver ever. But numbers wise, Marvin was what you wanted in a receiver. Granted, he had Peyton. But Marvin's not my number one. I got an article that I pulled up here before there was Jerry rice before there was Steve Largent, before there were even pass patterns, there was Don Hudson. He was a receiver ahead of his time by half a century. That's how long it took before the national football league to catch up with the Alabama antelope Hudson didn't merely catch more passes and score more touchdowns than anybody imagined possible. He changed the way football was played. And later, the Green Bay Packers would name their practice facility after him. But in all seriousness, Don Hudson, um, you know, he he needs to be mentioned that he changed the way – he changed the way that the receiver positions played. He actually held records – he held, like, 10 NFL records until, like, I think 1998. So no one even touched his records. And he played in a time when no one was even passing the ball. So it, it is pretty amazing what he accomplished. But my answer, after a long diversion, it's the GOAT, guys. It's Jerry Rice. <laughs> Flash 80, he, he has more records than any player. He is the constant, like coaches use him when they want to show a slant when they want to show any kind of route schemes, you're throwing it. You're showing Jerry, best hands, best athlete, and and you know multiple Super Bowl champion. I mean, Larry's not even going to catch his all-time yards mark. So it's Jerry Rice. That's that's the answer. Um, even though Randy's highlights are much more fun to watch.
0: <laughs> yeah. And Rice played for 20 seasons. So it's hard to do that. Like we talked about Megatron retiring early. Yeah, but no one plays 20 seasons anymore. So I mean, he has the record. I don't see anybody touching it for a while. I don't know. Yeah, I think I think Randy Moss
1: had 218 games and then Jerry Rice had close to
0: and That's a big difference. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what could have been. Yeah. Uh, fun fact about Larry Fitzgerald: nine playoff games, he averages a hundred yards and at least one touchdown. I saw that stat line. And I was like, That's-
3: "Well, that year, that year the Cardinals went to the Super Bowl. He broke like, I think he broke like all the playoff records that Jerry Rice held for." like receiving in a postseason. I'm pretty sure he, he beat all the marks. So he's right there. Yeah. But he doesn't have a practice facility named after him. <laughs> Is that what we're judging this
0: list off now? Who has facilities named after him? I mean, the Packers will have a facility out of just about anyone, right? Yeah, they better run out of numbers to keep retiring them all. <laughs> <laughs>
1: It was, it was some Instagram post, and it was a start bench cut, and the three options is Lamar, Russell Wilson, and Patrick Mahomes. Go! I want rapid fire here. <laughs> start. I'm gonna bench, am start my home.
3: Drop. Oh, start bench drop. Just to clarify. Yep. Start okay. bench drop. Okay. Parker I'm gonna start there.
0: my homes. Bench Lamar, cut Russ. Cold
3: blooded.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> the guy's five eight, man. Like, he can't see over his line. I'm sorry.
3: Go ahead, Evan. I'm thinking. I'm gonna. I'm gonna start Patty, and I'm gonna bench Russ because I do think I I like Russell Wilson a lot, and I'm gonna drop Lamar, but I. That's really hard. It's really close.
2: Even more
1: cold blooded. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I gotta do it. I'm cutting Russell. I'm benching Mahomes. And I'm benching Lamar Jackson. <laughs> 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 and I troll. am signing Matthew Stafford. A <laughs> gun. The gunslinger himself. <laughs> no. Um, shoot, I'm going to pick Lamar. I think we talked about this before. I think I think Patrick will win another Super Bowl before Lamar. But I think Lamar is going to have a better career overall. So I'll leave it at that. Thank you. Thank you. Not
1: cold-blooded. Mine's, mine's actually the same. I think I'm going to start Lamar, bench Mahomes, cut Wilson. Uh, I, I agree with him. I think Lamar's going to have a better overall career, way more Super Bowls than anybody ever that's ever even played the game. Um, more yards than anybody that's ever played the game. You know, the list goes on. Um, <laughs> no, but seriously, uh, that I saw that the other day, and it, it was tough to pick. Um, I think if they all came and had their heyday at the same time, that list would be even, like, more difficult. If, like you said, like – Wilson and uh, like a few years back when he was just like dominating the NFC. Um, I think that would e- even be a more difficult, but I think comparison wise, those three were, uh, were perfect.
0: Yeah. That's a good question. I like that. All right. Mary kill. i <laughs> <laughs> Well, guys, it's been fun. Uh, we're back next week. Knock on wood. Tim uh, survived this finals, hopefully.
2: What was that, Parker? You went doodle-bob on us again. Yeah, I can tell.
0: Uh guys, it's been fun.
3: You're good. I'm we can hear you after I'm out. You're good. Yeah. You can
0: do it on your own, time. I, I can't even do this anymore. Like, I'm done. I don't know.
3: Yeah.
0: You can add it in later.